Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read out of the NIV version, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit today. It says this, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, the Bible says, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So the Bible says that Jesus responded to him, and he says, well, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Many of you have heard this. The, the, it's known as the, as the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus stops just as he's saying these words and he says to them, he says, hey, hang on a second. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers and says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give you bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, the Bible says he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks the Bible says the door will be open. Then he continues, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? He says, if you then, though you are evil, meaning though you're prone to, to, to greed, though you're prone to selfishness, though you're prone to just do things your own, own way, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him. I don't know if you remember uh, when you uh, first experienced like a magic trick. You look back, it's probably sometime in your childhood. Uh, we have this, this thing that we go through with, where we kind of believe that, man, magic is real. And we're kind of like programmed, us, programmed in us since we're, we're children. We believes, believe in, in characters like, like Santa Claus. And uh, they're all really suspect, like a big fat man that gives gifts to kids. And uh, the, the Easter bunny, this is, I mean, the, a bunny that has eggs. Does he lay them? If he does, I have questions. Um, if he doesn't, where is he stealing them from? But it's this. It's this. It's this magic type of thing, and we gravitate towards it. I think we gravitate towards it because it's like this hope, this, this escape, this idea that maybe there's, there's more. You ever seen somebody that gets shown like a magic trick? It's funny because I was on a cruise uh, with some friends a couple months ago, and there was like a magician that, that comes around, and, and he shows uh, different magic tricks. And, and you think that you've seen them all, right? Like, okay, card trick, like we get it. Uh, but this guy was like really good. And it's funny because you can see like the grumpiest of old men that are like just sitting there like having a bad day and I'm not going to laugh at this this magic trick and uh, the guy will do the magic trick and, and uh, he'll go from like this to be like oh did you guys see that did you say hey babe did you check out this magic trick all of a sudden it changes changes their countenance we, we have this thing somehow written into uh, our, our biology who we are as humans that we want to believe that there's something more than what is Yet because of our journey in life, there becomes a chasm between where we're at and the hope of, 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 of what could be. That chasm is really called something that we're all familiar with. And really what it is, is need. When I experience need in my life, when I have things that I need, uh, and I begin to realize that life uh, doesn't just give me all of the, the wants and desires that I have, I begin to become desensitized to the possibilities of what could be. You, you'll, you'll see this in your life. You become a little bit more cynical, uh, a little bit more critical, and when you show up to places or spaces, you kind of tend to doubt. You tend to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, and we live by mantras like nobody's going to do it for you, so you need to do it for yourself. Yet somehow, some way, we're reaching, we're desiring, 
Maybe for many of us, especially within the context of faith, that there could be more. This is why we show up to church. Uh, we wouldn't call it magic, obviously, but we're, we're looking for more. We're looking for something that is maybe possibly supernatural, something that is above my effort and my work and my diligence and everything that I do that can somehow solve my problems. I can only imagine what it was like hanging out with Jesus as a disciple because you're seeing miracle stories. You're seeing, you're seeing like arms grow out, limbs grow out. You're seeing blind eyes be healed. You're seeing him take a, a, a loaf and fish and and, and feeding thousands and thousands of people off one little boy's lunch. You're seeing miracles. For you, it's like you're, you're seeing magic show after magic show after magic show. This text is interesting to me because the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him a question. They say, hey, Jesus, would, would you teach us how to pray? Would you teach us the right words, words to say? And so Jesus just responds to their question. And he starts giving them, giving them an example of their prayer. But it's almost like Jesus kind of times out in the middle of what he's saying. Because I think Jesus begins to realize what these disciples are really asking. Jesus always sees the question behind the question. In life, there's always these questions behind the question. Somebody will ask you something. And it's really not necessarily the thing that they're wanting to know. There's a reason that they're wanting to know it. I can imagine for the disciples the feeling of seeing everybody else's needs get met. And then asking themselves, I wonder if it would be possible for me to get mine met. Jesus, could you teach me how to pray? Could you teach me the right words to say? Could you teach me the magic spell? Could you teach me everything that I need to do that maybe if I do it, just boom, the way that it happens for these people, that somehow, some way, somehow, some way it could happen for me, maybe the needs that I have in my relationships, how I go from one to the other. It seems like every friendship that I start ends on the rocks and ends in betrayal. When I look at my financial situation, every time I take two steps forward, I take five steps back. When I look at my physical well-being, I'm struggling and I don't know why. Jesus, is there a way? Is there something that I can do that when I do it, everything, everything changes? And it's funny because Jesus gives them words to say, but then he times out as if to say to them, it's not really about the words you say. It's first and foremost about how you view the person that you're saying them to. He, he, what, what am I getting at? He times out and then he wants to remind them that, hey, I want you to know that God cares about your needs. He, he gives these stories. Don't they seem a little bit out of nowhere? Teach me how to pray. He gives them words and he says, suppose you have a friend that has another friend that comes to their house and they're in need of, it's like, wait, I'm not, I'm not tracking with you. And, and, he's, and he's painting this picture that if you can get your friends to do things for you, if you as a parent, if you as someone who is prone to greed, prone to selfishness and these types of things, if you can give good gifts, how much more do you think that God wants to give good gifts to you, that God wants to make sure that you're taken care of? The first thing that he does is he reminds the disciples that God cares about their needs. And I want to remind somebody today, because life has a way of trying to make you think, to seduce you into the ideology that God doesn't care about the things that you're going through. Haven't you heard this in society? If God really cared about the things that are going through, why are babies that are innocent that shouldn't be having sicknesses like cancer, why are these babies dying of God? God really cares about our needs. Why are people starving and why are we at war and why is there racism and why is there division and why is there political system against political system? If God really cared about our needs, wouldn't God do something? Life has a way of trying to convince you that God doesn't care about your situation. And the first thing that God does, Jesus does in this scenario of the disciples trying to find the magic, trying to find a way to close the chasm between where they are and where they want to be. He stops and he says, first and foremost, you need to know that God cares about your needs. 
I want to tell somebody today that while society would try to convince you otherwise, that God cares about what you're going through. I'm talking about the divorce. I'm talking about the big question marks. I'm talking about the uncertainty. I'm talking about the anxiety. I'm talking about the depression. I'm talking about the confusion because it just seems like a mundane life and it's one day to the next and I'm just a stay-at-home mom and it's one day to the next and I'm just a garbage collector and it's one day to the next and I'm just stacking my chips, but I've been stacking my chips for 50 years and it doesn't seem like anything's ever going to happen. I'm here to tell somebody today, despite your current situation, God cares. He sees. He sees the hurt. He sees the pain. He says, I'll tell you what to say, but what's more important than what you say is how you see the one that you're saying, that saying these things to. How do you see God? God cares about you. He says, and after you understand that God cares about your needs, there's something that you have to do. There's, there's, there's no magic spell. There's no magic prescription. There's no perfect set of words that I could give you that could solve your problem, but I can teach you how to solve your problem. I can teach you how to find the magic. I can teach you how to get your needs met. And he takes them through basically this acronym. And the first thing that he tells them to do, the first thing you got to do, it's really simple. It's funny. The thing I'm going to talk about today, this is not like spectacular preaching or teaching. It's super simple. But the good news is we could all do it. The first things that he tells them, he says, you got to, you got to, you got to ask. Well, that's, that's, you, you got to, to, to ask. If, if I want to find my needs met in my life, God says, you, you, you got to ask me. I don't know about you, but sometimes as, as a, a Christian, I was raised in a Christian home. I have to stop and time out. And I, I realize that when it comes to my needs, when it comes to my problems and it comes to my issues, I think about them a lot. I might even mumble about them under my breath. I may think to myself, God, you, you know where I'm at. I may, I may talk about them to my friends. But you know what I don't do a lot? I don't a lot of times stop and ask God out of my mouth for help in the actual situation that I need help in. What am I talking about? Relational issues. Time out. God, I am asking for your help in this relational dispute because I don't know how to get through it on my own. I, I don't know about you, but how much of the time do we find ourselves knowing the thing that we should be doing? I need to ask God, but, but I don't. For some reason, in fact, just to let you know how my brain works, when I read, ask and you shall receive, sometimes my brain, I don't, it doesn't make sense, but I compute it as complain and you shall receive. Have you ever been there? Like, I find myself talking about, like, all the stuff that I'm going. Those just, what, how are you doing? Good, just, you know, just working and trying to be, trying to stay at it. And it's, you know, are things good? Yeah, it is. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I just can't, can't figure. I, I find myself com- asking you shall receive. I almost see it as complain and you shall receive. No, God, God wants you to ask. Why does God want me to ask if I already know? Let me let you in on a little secret. You might know this about yourself. You may not not, but may not, may not know this about yourself. But the, the human race, we all fit into this category that is called control freaks. And, and you may not think that you're a control freak, but even people who say that they're not control freaks are control freaks. People who like to say that God is in control, the reason we say that God is in control, because it gives me a sense of control to know that I'm not in control. <laughs> I could do that all day long. We won't. That would be too, 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 a little too deep. But you get, you get what I'm saying? We, we like, what am I talking about control? We, we like to feel that we have, we got the situation handled. We know how to handle our relationships and we can do it and we can focus and we have the brain power and we have, we have the willpower. When we stop and we ask God for something, you know why it's so incredible? Because it is the greatest expression of humility that you could ever have to say, hey, I don't got this one. 
God, God, I, I need a little bit of help. I can't solve my marriage on my own. I can't solve my financial situation on my own. I can't solve my anxiety issues on my own. I can't solve my questions or my depression on my own. I need something that is bigger than me. When I ask out of my mouth, I create space for control to be out of my hands and into God's hands. We, when we talk about it, right? If your hands are on the reins, God. God's hands can't be on the reins. But so much of our, our lives, we forget to stop and ask. Asking is a way of putting the pause button on in life and reminding yourself, God, I'm not the one driving this ship. I need, I need your help. I find even in Christianity, sometimes we think that we can, we can even just, you know, de- declare our way out of situations, the power of, of positive speech. And if we say positive things, but your declaration only finds its accelerated power when you admit to yourself that you don't have the power and the ability in and of your own strength. This is the beauty. And this is the power of asking God for his help. So here's my question. What have you been asking God for lately? Not, not what have you been thinking about lately? Not, 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 not what are the things you've been talking to your friends about lately, but do you have anything that you're asking God for? It's funny because in society and in our world, we, we feel bad when we ask each other for things, right? And if we're not careful, it, it transcends or it jumps over into our relationship with God. Hear me today. Don't you ever feel bad about asking God for something. God loves it. You know why? Because basically what you're saying is, God, would you get in the middle of my situation? When I ask God for something, I'm giving him access to, to my life. Besides that, God, God has anything. And yes, when, when you ask God for something, you're not taking away from anything that God has because he is everything. He doesn't have everything. He is everything. You, you can't take something away from somebody who doesn't know what lack is. Because they've never, they've never experienced lack. God doesn't know what it is to lack because he just has everything. Don't ever feel bad in your life for asking God for things. Why? It's, it's an important step in you getting your needs met. The reason we all showed up here today was not because we just needed something to do on a Sunday afternoon. We have things that we're facing. We have mountains that we're trying to overcome. We have tur- hurdles that we're trying to get beyond. We have needs. And here, if you want your needs met, step number one, ask. But he doesn't just leave us at ask. I think most of us even would stop there. Okay, I've asked God, now God, would you do it? God, I've asked you for help. How come you're, how come you're not doing it? But if we stop and ask, we'll live a lot of our lives thinking that God doesn't come through. We'll live a lot of our lives actually saying to ourselves, well, God doesn't really care about my situation because I asked him and he didn't do anything about it. But he continues with this acronym. He says, A-S-K, you can't just stop and ask. You actually have to, number two, seek. Seek. If you're taking notes, write this down. I want to talk about this for a second. Seek. What are, what, 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 what are we really getting at here? When I was growing up, I would hear this, hear this scripture. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. In my mind, for some reason, I always, I always seem to make those words as synonyms. Almost like they, they meant the same thing. But to ask is to request. To seek is something different. Seek is, 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 is to look. So God says, first, I need you to ask me for something. I need you to ask me to meet your need, and then I need you to look for it. What? Why do I need to look for it? Because most of the time I'll actually miss it if I'm not on the prowl, if I'm not looking, if I'm not on a scavenger hunt saying, okay, God, I asked you for something. Now, where are you going to do it? So many times in our life, we limit God because it doesn't look like we thought that it should look. And so we miss out on the fact that he's trying to answer our prayers, that he's trying to meet our needs, but we can't see it because it doesn't come in the package that we look. I want to give you three little sometimes sentences. I think it'll help you today. And here, here's, here's why we overlook it. Okay. Here, here's number one, because sometimes what you asked for doesn't show up the way you asked for it. 
Sometimes what you asked for doesn't show up away the, the way that you asked for it. What, this is what he's saying in, 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 the, in the Bible. If you, if you ask me for bread, I won't give you a rock. Why, is, why would you say that? Because sometimes it feels like I got a rock. Sometimes it feels, God, I asked you for bread and this is a rock. He said, no, 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 no. You, 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 you got to seek. You, you got to look. It's, it's, it's actually bread. It's, it, God, I asked you for, for an egg and you gave me a snake. In other words, there's things in life that, that, that bite, that, that cause pain, that, that cause sting, whether it be in, in relationships or in your workplace. And surely this can't be an answer to prayer. Surely God doesn't want me in this workplace. I was excited about this new job, but I didn't know that they were going to treat me like this. It feels like God gave me a snake and he's saying, no, I gave you an egg, but you got to seek. You got to look for it because sometimes what you're wanting, sometimes what you're asking, it doesn't show up the way that you ask for it. What, what, what am I getting at? Sometimes, sometimes in life you pray for God, you pray for God to, to give you a tree and you know what he gives you a seed. Something that you have to see, see potential, potential in. Isn't it funny in the story of salvation, humanity needs a savior. And so what does God send? A baby. Like he doesn't send a full, full grown man. I am the son of God. No, he sends a baby, dude. Like, think about it. Sometimes in life, I think we miss out on the answers to our prayers because we aren't seeking. We're not, we're not, we're not looking for it. And this is the saddest thing because then we live our lives turning our backs on faith, turning our backs on God, thinking God don't answer prayers because sometimes your need, sometimes your need, the thing that you've asked for, it doesn't show up the way you asked for it. Here's, here's, here's another one. Here's another one. Sometimes your need is often met in meeting someone else's need. Here's why you have to seek. Track with me today. Sometimes, sometimes your need is often found in meeting someone else's need. It's funny. There's a story uh, in, in, in the Bible about um, there's some tax collectors that are coming to Jesus' disciples, and they're wanting Jesus to pay taxes. It's like a temple tax or something, like a church tax. And Jesus is like, well, I'm kind of the son of God, so I really shouldn't have to pay that. But um, he's like, I don't want any drama, so pay it anyway. So he, so, But here's how, here's how he does. So they need to pay this temple tax. And instead of giving the disciples money, you know what? This is in the Bible. It's a crazy story. You know what he tells his disciples to do? Well, the disciples are fishermen. So he says, I want you to take the fishing boats out, and you're going to throw the, the nets into the ocean, and then you're going to catch fish. And inside, has to do so much, right? Like inside the fish's mouth, there's going to be money, and then you take that money, and you pay the tax. Well, why wouldn't he just give them money? You see, these disciples were fishermen. They would never waste fish. So they're going to go and they're going to fish and they're going to take the money and then they're going to have all these fish. Well, what are they going to do these with these fish? They're going to take them to a market to sell them. To sell them to who? To people who have a need. What is the need? They need, they need to eat. Sometimes in life, when it comes to seeing what God's wanting to do in your life, we miss it because sometimes our need is wrapped up in meeting in someone else's need. See, you think that you need a job. God, would you give me a job? And you don't understand that that crying woman in the corner of the grocery store, when you begin to have conversation with her and she has so much money and lots of businesses, but no peace of mind because her relationships are on the rocks. And when you reach out to her, God is trying to open a door for you to answer the prayer that you have asked of him that he would somehow provide a job. But most of the times we struggle because we don't see, we can't, I can't, I can't see how a decision here could get me to this place over here. Sometimes in life, your needs are met when you meet other people's needs. God is trying to connect you to other people through relationships to answer some of the questions that, that, that you're really, that you're really up against. Okay. 
Number three, here's the last one. Sometimes what you're looking for is hidden. Here's why you have to seek. Because the last one, sometimes what you're looking for is hidden. In other words, you, you can't see it. Some of you know the comedian uh, Kevin Hart, arguably one of the, the greatest comedians of this uh, current time. And so he has this incredible story. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but before being a comedian, he was a shoe salesman. And he decided that, man, I, I really want to risk it all and kind of go for this comedy thing. So he had this conversation with his mother, had this conversation with his mom. And he says to his mom, mom, I really want to go for this comedy thing, but I don't know that I'm going to have the money to be able to support myself. So she says to him, Kevin, uh, you, I'm going to give you a full year. You have one year to really go after this comedy thing. And if it doesn't work out, then you're going to need to, to, to get another job or do something to support yourself because I can't support you. So he said, okay, game on. So he gets about six months into this process, halfway through a year. And he starts getting behind in his bills because he's doing all of these comedy gigs and he can't make any money. And so he calls his mom, hey, mom. Uh, you, you know, you said that you were going to help me and I haven't been able to, to, to pay my rent this month and I'm running a little bit behind because the money that uh, I brought in isn't enough to cover my rent. And so she responded. She said, Kevin, well, have you, have you been reading your Bible? And uh, he says, no, mom, I haven't read my Bible. I don't need any scriptures. I need some money. And she says, uh, well, she said, well, we'll read your Bible and then we'll talk about we'll talk about the rent. So an another so he's like, whatever. So um, another month goes by. And uh, they're starting to send him letters. And he's starting to think to himself, man, this is getting pretty bad. He's like, Mom, like, I need you to come through. Like, you told me that you would help me out. I don't have the ability to, 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 to pay my rent. And now I'm two months behind, and they're, and they're making threats. And she says, well, have you been reading your Bible? And he's just lied. He's like, yeah. He's like, she's like, okay, so then what do you want to talk about uh, about rent? He's like, Mom, come on. Like, I need, I, need, I need money. I need to be able to pay my rent. So another month, three months, three months go by. The, the, the last month goes by. And they give him an eviction notice. So he goes to his mom, mom, they're going to kick, they're going to kick me out. I'm not going to have anywhere to go. I'm not going to have anywhere to live. If you don't help me out, you said that you would help me out. She said, well, have you been reading your Bible? And he's just irritated. He hangs up the phone and he goes and he opens his Bible. And he says, when he opens his Bible, there's six rent checks for the next six months that his mom had put in there. What, what is my point? Sometimes in life, you have to seek, you have to look for God's goodness. You have to think, God, maybe you're working something over here or something over there. Because sometimes the things, the answers to the questions that you're asking, they're hidden. They're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Because if you had it, if you knew where they were, you'd mess it up. That's why sometimes things are hidden along your journey. If you be faithful in every single moment to know that you may think that you need a new job and God wants to get you involved in a new relationship, a new friendship to open new doors, you may think that you need something and God God's wanting to, to expand it so much more. If you'll be willing to look past what you see and realize you've got to seek. I can't just ask. I have to look. God, where are you moving? Where are you working in relationships? Could it be over here? And could it be over there? Do I need to stop? Do I need to time out? Do I need to have conversations with people? Maybe in a way that doesn't make sense to my intellect for the sake of looking for where you're working. Start with asking. If I want to close the gap, if I want to find, if I want to find the magic again, if I want to be able to get my needs met, I have to A, ask. I have to two, I have to S, I have to seek. And the last thing he says, he says to knock. I have to knock. What, what are we talking about when we talk about knock? We're talking about going for it. What, 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 what am I saying? The thing that, that knocking really takes, I'm going to explain really what this means. But it sets, it sets itself apart from really the others. Because to go for it, you know what it, you know what it takes? It takes a whole lot of courage. You know what courage is? Courage is, is an ability to go after or to do things that scare other people. Are you doing anything in your life that scares you? 
Are, are, are you, I, I would argue that every single person, if you want to see your needs met, you should be having something in your life that scares you that you're stepping into, scares you something you're going after, whether it be a business venture, whether it be trying to reconcile relationships, whether it be trying to find God's purpose for you in your life. You should have something in your life that causes you to think, you know what, I can't do this on my own. God, if you don't come through, if you don't meet me, if you don't open a door, I don't know how I'm going to make it. What am I talking? I'm talking about knocking. I'm talking about being willing somehow, some way to find the courage to go after the things that you're asking for. I think a lot of times we get discouraged because we've knocked on doors and they haven't opened. Uh, Yeah, I've I've tried that. I've I've gone for it and it didn't work. And I think sometimes in life we, we misread closed doors. God doesn't ask you to open the door. He asks you to knock on it. In order to do this... In, in order to do this, you have to divorce yourself from your ego. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, like you have to, what, what is it? This is what I call, you have to, you have to embrace the ideology. You have to embrace the idea of surrender. What, what is surrender? Surrender is letting go of my idea of how I think things should look. It's that simple. It's not sacrifice. It's surrender. It's letting go of my idea of how I think things should look. And understand, I, I have to understand my role is to knock. God's role is to open. How long do I knock? I just keep knocking. That's, that's, that's what he asked me to do. I, I do what, what if the door doesn't open? Well, I don't know. I don't open. What door do I knock on? All of them. What, what door is in front of you? Knock on the door. Knock on the door. You, you don't have to open the door. You, you have to knock on the door. And I think sometimes we think that it's the wrong door because the door doesn't open. And sometimes it's not the wrong door. Sometimes it's just the wrong time. So sometimes in life, it's not the wrong door. Sometimes, honestly, sometimes it's, 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 it's the wrong, wrong time. And I think so many of us, we limit ourselves. We think that God wasn't in that. We say things to, to make sense of our, uh, we, we like to make sense of things in our minds. So we'll say things like, you know, God closes one door, he opens another. And I think sometimes that's true. But I think sometimes when doors close, God expects you to keep knocking on them. Why? So that you can create a space for him to open them. If you're not knocking, he can't open. Somebody needs to hear that today. If you're not knocking, if you're not knocking, he has nothing to open. If we're not knocking on the doors of our future, man, we're always going to be stuck here and in our past thinking about what could be and never experiencing the reality of it. Because in order for God to open the door, he needs you to knock on the door. To be willing to say, I'm going to go for it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but, but I'm going I'm going to go for it. Sometimes in life, the problem isn't even, isn't even, it's not you. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. When Don't you get down on yourself sometimes, think to yourself, man, I got to figure this out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here. You ever been there? I got, we got to be just doing something wrong. We think we, sometimes, sometimes it's not even that you're doing something wrong. Sometimes it's just, it's just that, it's not that you're not ready for it. It's that your, your future is not ready for you. Let, let, me, let me explain. You ever thought about the story of Jesus and John the Baptist? The, the Bible says that John the Baptist had to first come before Jesus came. Because John the Baptist's role, the Bible says, was to prepare the way for the Lord. In other words, John's sole role was to walk around and to say, Hey, everybody, we're broken down here. We can't make sense of our lives down here. But God's about to send his son. And when he sends his son, everything's going to change. Are you ready for him? Because he's coming and I don't want you to miss him. I'm here to prepare the way for Jesus. 
You see, if Jesus would have just showed up on the scene, nobody would have been ready for him. Who, who, you're who, you're what? What, what is this? We don't know how, how to receive it. Have you ever seen this in, in business? Something will take off like a social media platform or a new business. And there'll always be somebody to be like, I was doing that 10 years ago, right? But the way wasn't prepared. I'm here to tell some people today, you, you think it's something's wrong with you. I'm here to tell you, sometimes there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes God's just preparing the way. There's other people that he's using to begin to prepare the way. Why? So that you could be more effective in your future. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear this. So that you could be more effective in your future than you could be in your current present. And it's so hard because I have to surrender. I have to let, I have to trust that God knows more than me. I, no, like, I know, not like, not religious, that's right, amen. I'm talking about, like, I have to say, yeah, you probably know more than me because you created me. So, like, to, to own that in my heart, especially when you're frustrated, especially when it doesn't make, can I get a witness in here? Especially when you're like, come on, like, can I, you know, you know what I mean? Like, why won't the door open? And so, God, I'm just wrong, I just need to pray more, I need to know. Sometimes you just need to chill, bro. You feel? I'm talking about sometimes you, like, people who are good at this, how am I know if I'm good at asking, seeking, and knocking? You know because you get lost in the journey. You re- What am I saying? You realize it's really not about the destination. It's really about the journey. And I'm going to say this because I feel like I should. But some of you parents in here, I just feel that you're so focused on the future that you desire, the money that you want to have, the accolades that you want to accomplish, the things that you want to prove to your parents. You're really missing out on the now. I, I, I don't mean that mean, but I think you're missing out on your kids. I look at my son sometimes and I think, God. like it honestly gets me a little emotional to think about it because I, I, I look at my oldest son and I think, man, I, I don't feel like I was ready to be a dad when I became a dad. And how much of my life have I just lived selfishly? About stacking my chips and proving things that I can... Like, is that really what it's about? No. Man, I want to live a surrender life. What, what am I, what's, what, okay, let's translate that since we're all church folk. I want to live a life where I let go of my idea of how I think things should look, and I trust God to direct my steps. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I want, I want to do my part. I want to ask. I want to seek. I want to go after it. I want to run hard. I want to work hard. But I don't want to live as if all of my worth is dependent upon that. I don't know who I'm talking to today. We didn't talk about any of this in the first service, but I don't, I don't want my, do you hear me? Some of us were so, we think that our worth is in what we have to prove or show for ourselves, or, or the things that we think if I accomplish that, then I would have peace of mind. No, trust, surrender, trust God, allow him to give you peace of mind, even in the middle of your mess. Are things perfect? No, they're not perfect. Do you have all the money that you need? No, I need a lot more. But are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. How are you good? You know, I'm just doing my part and letting God do his. What do you mean? I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm knocking, but I'm not going to be torn up about the future. I'm not going to be torn up about the anxiety that comes when I think about my past. No, I'm right here. I'm right now. I'm trusting God, man. Trust in God. If you want to close the chasm, that chasm of need, you want to get your needs met, ask, seek, go see, see where are you working, God? And then I'm going to knock and then I'm going to go for it. What, what is, let's talk practical because that sounds like a, that's a lot of uh, like word pictures. But sometimes, sometimes knocking looks like, sometimes it looks like asking bold questions. 
Sometimes it looks like asking for the raise or asking, hey, I think we need to do this. So you know what else knocking sometimes looks like? Sometimes, sometimes knocking looks like calling the person that you're estranged with and saying sorry, even though you don't feel like you did anything wrong. That's, I know it's kind of harder to hear, but I'm, try, I'm trying to help us. Like, if we want our needs met, sometimes, sometimes knocking looks like slowing down to talk to somebody that can't give anything to you. Like, like they can't, they can't benefit your street cred. Like they can't benefit your social media following. Like they can't benefit how people see you or whether you get promoted, but slowing down to say, you know what? I'm going to take the time. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the time. And and I'm, I'm here. I hope that I'm communicating this decently enough to know I'm, I know because I'm seeing it in my life. How do I invest here, God? And you say that you're going to get me over there. How do I do what's right and spending time with my family and keeping my priorities in order? And you're going to open up a door where, how that doesn't make sense because I'm knocking on doors. Sometimes knocking on doors looking like, looks like spending time with your family, getting your priorities in order, not caving to the pressure of society that you have to be something right here, right now, or it doesn't count. No, sometimes it's letting yourself off the hook. Sometimes letting go is, sometimes knocking is letting go of your ego and your pride. Sometimes knocking on doors and saying, you know what? I have nothing to prove. Why am I so uptight? Why am I despising my life? Why am I despising my season? No, I'm going to be faithful because God's at work. I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, and I'm going to knock. What am I going to do? I'm going to ask. I'm going to declare to God, God, I don't got this. I need your help. I'm not going to try to be tough man with God. I'm not going to try to act like I got it all together with God. I may do that with my friends and I may do that with my family, but I'm by myself in my bedroom or in my car. I'm going to say, God, I need your help. I don't got it as a man. I don't got it as a dad. I don't got it as a worker. I don't got it as a business professional. I don't got it as a person. I need some help. I'm going to be real. And then I'm going to seek after I ask him, I'm going to look, God, what am I missing out on that you're really working? Is there some place that you've hidden something, not from me, but you've hidden something for me? God, is there a relationship? Is there a need that you want to meet in somebody else's life? And in turn, you're going to meet my need. Is there something that I'm not seeing in an area that you're working? Would you help me to see it? And then I'm going to knock. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to have things in my life that make me shake in my shoes because I shouldn't be walking on this type of water. I shouldn't be in this side of the tracks. I don't have the smarts. I don't have the ability. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have uh, in, in my life the pedigree. I don't come from the right place. I don't have the right political views. I don't, I'm not smart enough to articulate all the opinions, but I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm walking sometimes on water. I'm trusting him even in the middle of the store. I'm doing things that make me feel all kinds of crazy because I know I can't make it happen on my own. And you know what? That's exactly where he wants you. Why? 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 Because when you're not in control, then he can be in control. If you have need, man, and uh, we all have need. We all have need. And if we want our needs to be met, I think that I really think that's why most people show up to church. We're struggling. We got we have things that we can't figure out that we're wrestling with. We're hoping we, we're living like maybe there's magic. Maybe it's maybe can you tell me a prayer that I can fix it? And he say, well, I can give you words to say, but it's more about how you view the one you're saying them to. And beyond that, really, there's there's a there's a progression to prayer. Got to ask. Make sure you're saying it. You gotta see, you gotta look for it. You gotta knock. You gotta go. You gotta go after it. Would you pray with me today? God, we thank you for the space of the church where we can come and where we can find strength and find hope, find rest, find clarity. Um, and so, God, I ask in this place that 
as many of us, this is so simple. It's not like an epiphany. Stuff that many of us probably have heard. But maybe today you've helped us connect the dots a little bit better. God, would you help us just to, just to let our, I think for many of us, just let ourselves off the hook. To know that you are not the one who have hurt us. And so we can trust you. There's certain people we can't trust. But, but we, you, you, God, we can trust you. You are worthy of our trust as it pertains to our future. You want us, some of you need to hear this and believe it. God wants you to succeed more than you want yourself to succeed. Listen to that with open heart. God wants you to succeed more than you want yourself to succeed. I'm going to say it again because I think you need to hear it so you believe. God wants, he's, it's, it's not, he's not in opposition to your success. He's not in opposition to a better, he, the things that you're striving for, if we could just ever get there, get rid of the financial pressure, if I could ever just get, get rid of this diagnosis, if I, I'm just coping with it, if I could ever just, man, figure out how to have good relationships because I feel like I'm all alone out here. God wants you to succeed more than you yourself desire to succeed. So, so, so how do I close the gap? <laughs> he wants to, he's got to get involved. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about this and I, I, I want to read it to you. And I want you to just, just kind of go inward as, as I'm reading this. I think it's hilarious. Jesus wraps up this whole conversation and, and he says this. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is like super funny to me because it's like, what are you talking about? Shouldn't he have said, those of you, you you're evil and you know how to give good gifts. How much more does God know how to give, give good gifts to you? He doesn't say that. He says, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now look at me real quick. You know what the, the word, you know what the, the name Holy Spirit can be translated in, into the Bible? Helper. It, empowerer. The person who's in tandem with, with you. In other words, God says, if you know how to give, give good gifts to your kids, how much more will God give you help to be able to meet your needs? What? Yeah. So you're not going to do it for me? No. Why? I want to do it with you. God is so passionate about relationship with you. This is why we say at our church, it's not a relation. It's not a religion. It's not a religion. It's about, it's about relationship. He's so passionate about relationship with you that he, a man who knows not what it's like to have need wants to be in the middle of helping you solve yours. He is so bent on relationship that when he creates the heavens and the earth, he doesn't just do it as God. He splits himself into three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why? So he doesn't have to do it alone. He is so driven towards relationship with you. What am I saying? Even when you're asking, he's right there with you. Even when you're seeking, he's right there with you. Even when you're knocking, he's knocking with you. He gives you the helper, the empowerment to be able to do what? To overcome in this life, to not have to live overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and distress in a world that just wants to take away your joy and make you feel a prisoner to your present and to your past. No, he wants to go through hell with you. He wants to go through the good times with you. He wants to help you overcome. He is the helper. Ask, seek, knock, and then what? And then ask and seek and knock and do it with who? Do it with God. Man, God wants you to succeed. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to succeed more than you want yourself to succeed. So God in this place, would you help us to see maybe what we haven't seen before? Would you, help, would you help us to step up to the plate to time out and to ask? 
would you help us to step up to the plate to time out and to, and to look? Some of us, we're just too fast. We're going too, doing too much. We're doing too much. Help us, God. Help us. You said you give us. How much more would you give us the Holy Spirit, the helper, to be able to do what? To do the things that you've asked us to do so that you can meet our needs. Come on, right in this space. Would you just open your heart? What am I talking about? Sometimes we have this tendency to just kind of hold ourselves tight internally when we're in church in spaces like this. But just for the next next minute and a half, can we just take a second as a church family and with our eyes closed, just literally be thinking just, man, me and God right now in this moment, and then I'm going to get up and we're going to go leave and do whatever. But in this moment, God, I just, I, I internally let go. And I ask that you administer to my heart, to my soul, to my spirit. God, in this place, would you do it? Jesus, be the center God, would you help us to, to see it like we haven't give seen you all God, I ask for more than information. Give you all God, I genuinely, I mean it with all my heart. God, would you, would you cause transformation to happen in our hearts? When we leave today, Jesus, that we just see things differently, that we just think a little bit differently, that we're geared a little bit differently. God, some of the character flaws and the personality things that make it really hard for us to interact. God, even in this moment, would you cause transformation as a result of your word that we know has power? God, from some of this place, we just let go. We just let go. Some of you have been carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. If you just take a second and just let go. Every head's bowed and eyes are closed in this place. Maybe for you, that's just lifting your hand up in the air. I don't know what that looks like for you. But just maybe just as a sign of surrender under God, I'm just letting go. I've been stressing out way too much. I've been letting it eat at me. I've been letting the anxiety kind of sweep in. I've been, I'm being too overwhelmed with questions. I'm too inside my head. Come on, whatever that sign is for you, God, I'm just going to let go. Maybe just raise, raise your hand. Maybe for you, it's just closing your eyes or bowing your head. Maybe out of your mouth, you say, God, I'm just going to, I just let go. I've been holding on way too tight to my life, to my destiny, my purpose. God, would you help us today? God, would you help us to let go? For those that don't feel like they have the strength, they don't have the ability. Would you hear me? He's got you. I know you're passionate about your future, but he's more passionate about your future. I know you've been wanting it for a long time. Trust him. He can get you there. He can get you there. Jesus, be the center of my life. I give you all. I give you all. Everything. Jesus, be the center. So a couple more things. I really believe for some people in this place, the thing the thing that is keeping you from where you want to be in your future is the fact that you're so fixated on your future. If you'll find a way, I love that we started this service with here now, the song here now. If you find a way to be more present, you'd get more quickly to your destination. And, and, and the picture that I'm, I feel in my heart is it's like when you're, you ever been on, on a road trip? And the more you, you watch the, the mile counter, and how many more miles do we have? How many more miles are we almost there yet? We're almost there yet? It, it seems like it takes longer to get there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more, it, it's, a, it's a tiring journey when it's like that. But when you're in the car, when you're with friends, and you start like, man, just talk, chomping it up, talking about stuff, just enjoying the moment, enjoying your kids, enjoying your wife, enjoying your season. Like, not just like, not intellect, but I'm talking about genuinely, just being here. Now, when, when you do that in the car, I was like, what? We're here. We're here already. But some of you in this place, you're so fixated in the future. You, you can't, you, you have so much anxiety in the now. And the thing that is keeping you from the place that you want to be is that you're too fixated in the place you want to be. 
And if you just fixate on here and now, you'd be surprised at how quickly he turned the page. I believe there's another group of people today, and this is how I, I wrote this down because before I came into the service, I felt like God wanted me to say it. For some of you, you're knocking on doors that make sense, and he wants you to knock on doors that take risk. I don't know who that's for, but you're, you're knocking on doors because you're comfortable, because you've networked, because you have you have a you have a line of, of contact there. I, I don't know I don't know what that means. You're knocking on doors that make sense. I could do that. Yeah, I can make that happen. But he wants you to knock on doors that take risk. Why? That's that's the essence of knocking. Courage, courage, being willing to do things that scare other people. To say, God, I yeah, that's scary, but okay, I'll knock. I'll knock. You, I don't have to open the door. No, you don't have to open the door. You just knock on the door. But what if they say no? Just, just knock. Would you knock? Son of this for. Don't, don't just knock on doors that make sense. It's time for something fresh and something new and something big. There is so much more. I look at I look at the condition of our world. I look at the people that are killing themselves and I look at the divorce rate and I look at the hopelessness and I have conversations with people and they tell me about their life and I think to myself and think, God, I know there's more. And I'm here to tell you today, there's more for your family, man. I know it's broken. I know you think God hates you. God doesn't hate you. He's not embarrassed of you. I know your family is, but God's not embarrassed of you. He's not ashamed of you. Uh uh-uh. uh. I dare you to have the courage to believe me. I have no reason to stand up here and lie to you this morning. There is more. There's more. There's more in this season. There's more in your future. I believe as a church that we don't have to be victims to status quo. I wish I could get some help in here. I believe that we don't have to be victims to status quo. What am I saying? What if, what if we could change the tide of a city? What if we could change the climate of a nation? Who us? Yeah, yeah, you. Did you? I mean, can you think about what corruption? I think about Adolf Hitler. Which, if you listen to any podcasts or people that talk about leadership, they'd say that he was probably the best leader to ever exist, and he 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 got a, a, a whole nation to change their tide towards corruption. One crazy dude. What could we accomplish? A house full of a thousand or so people. If we would unite our forces and stop seeing ourselves as little. Stop seeing ourselves as a victim to our past. And stop seeing ourselves as a victim to the side of the tracks that we grew up on. And stop seeing ourselves as victims because politics aren't the way. No, we can change a tide. I believe we can change a tide. I believe it can start in Fresno. And I can believe it can branch out through California to, to the ends of this earth. If, if, if what? If we'll be determined, we're going to believe in the magic again, God. Would you show us? Would you show us how to meet our needs? We're going to ask. We're going to look for it. And we're going to knock. Can somebody stand to your feet? Can we lift our voices and lift our hands and magnify by the name of our great name, God? God, we trust you. We're not going to live standard, average, everyday lives. We're going to push for more. God, not based upon our pedigree, not based upon how good we are, not based upon our background or our qualification, but because we are children of God. God, we declare that we are children of the Most High God. And so we live big lives. We live big lives. Yes, we do, God. 
I just want to say this and then we'll go. God, I declare in this place, even as we leave this atmosphere, God, that there are open doors that have been shut for far too long. God, as we have just opened our minds to the revelation of your truth that brings transformation to our lives, God, I just declare over business owners and business leaders, God, entrepreneurs, people who, who you have called them to something more, I declare that the phone starts ringing. I declare that the inbox starts being filled up. God, where there were, there were no opportunities, now there's too many opportunities. God, that we would have to trust you for direction on whence, which ones to take. I declare open doors in your life and in your family. Open doors for your business. Open doors where, where doors have been shut relationally and you thought we'll never be friends again. There is no way we would ever speak. No, I declare an open door. I declare God restoration because it is killing you inside. It is stressing you out. You think that you're over it, but you're not over it because every time you think about them, it ruins your night. And I just declare a door is opening. I declare a door is opening. I declare relational doors are opening. I, de I, de I declare doors. I declare doors. Doors are opening. Phones are ringing. Phones are ringing where it's been. It's like, ah, I can't be. Where, where, where is it? Where is it going to get? No, no, no. Now, now is the day. The doors are opening. The doors are opening. Church, hear me. When, when the doors open, I want you, I want you to email the church so fast. I want you to let us know so fast so that we can celebrate what God is doing. So why? So that our faith can be encouraged. I just, ha I just, I'm just the kind of person that I have the guts to believe. Like, you know what? Religion doesn't even make a lot of sense to me. But if God, if God is real and he is who he says he is, then I want to experience all of it. Not some of it. Not some of it. Not some of it. All of it. All of it. And it's going to be a journey, but I'm committed to the journey. I'm not always, it's not always going to make, hear me. It's not always going to make sense. Well, how do you know? I, I don't know, but I just have the courage to believe. What is the courage? It's the ability to step out and do things that scare other people. There's no safety in when doing things that don't make sense. I don't need safety and I don't need security. I got to knock on some doors because he said, if I'll knock that he would open the doors. I declare in your life, open doors. Jesus be the center of my life. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Oh, and Jesus be the center of my life. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. In this place today, I just want to give anybody an opportunity that maybe doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. What am I talking about? If your heart stopped beating today, you don't know. If I say, where are you going to go? You wouldn't know. I believe that what the Bible says is true, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, you can be saved. He's not trying to keep you out of heaven. He's trying to get you to it. I believe it's that simple. I have the courage to believe it. If you're in this place and you want to step up to the plate, make that decision, I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I believe your heart compels you to do so. But I am going to ask this. As a church family, can we pray this prayer out loud with our new brothers and sisters and mean it today? Can we say this today? Say, say, Jesus, today I believe inside my heart and I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe you live for me. I also believe you died for me and that you came back from the dead for me. Say, I trust you. Would you help me to live the life that you made me to live? Say this part, meaning with all of your heart, saying, would you help me to build my best life? In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 